I think you're really going to enjoy this kitchen. This is our, uh, our latest development. We call this phase four. Where do you live, Mr. Freeman? Well, you know, actually, we were the first family to set up housekeeping in the Cuesta Verde Estates. Phase one. Yeah, we had to pass through my neighborhood to get to here this one. Oh, the, that area with the lived-in look. Yeah, it has that, but I think in a couple of months, you're not going to be able to distinguish phase one from phase three to phase... You know, we have a saying around here. The grass grows greener on every side. Jamming the frequencies. <laughs> this is Film Oh, sure. <laughs> the ghosts have already started messing with stuff. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, episode 487, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson. Joining me today, Brian, his neighbor is on the same remote Dunaway. Yeah, stop. I want to watch Mr. Rogers. No. Oh, hi. (laughs) Grab your bags and sort your goodies while we spin you a tale from the sack. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Freeling, we have some good news and some bad news. The good news is we believe your daughter is still alive somewhere in the walls of your home. The bad news is she's being held there by a poltergeist. What's that, Marty? I thought you said it was a poltergeist. Well, what did you say? A poltergeist? <laughs> the hell is a poltergeist, Marty? It's like a poltergeist, but instead of disembodied human spirits, is a collection of goose spirits that cannot find peace to move on into the light. <laughs> a poltergeist. Gee, Marty. You're fired. Unlike, okay, okay. Unless, Mr. Freeling, didn't you say this spot where your home is built used to be the city park? But they moved the park five miles up the road, right? Mr. Freeling, right? Oh, you son of a bitch. You moved the park, but you left the geese, didn't you? You (laughs) son of a bitch. You left the geese and you only moved the park benches and slides. Carolyn, if you can hear me, grab some bread from the cupboard and lure the poultry geese to the light. The light is good, Carolyn. Light is good. And now for something really evil. Randy? (laughs) (laughs) That's two in a row there. Ah. Did that last week. Uh, All right, we're all done. Also with us, Randy, he likes to lean into your window and eat your shit, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. (laughs) Happy Halloween, my Mm, friends. Thank you. And uh, and, uh, thanks for meeting with me here in this uh, empty lot surrounded by houses. I got the final invoice here for our crew spending two days and one night in your uh, fun house. There's just a few things here that we're going to need you to pay for that uh, we didn't previously discuss. Let's see. Uh, this first one here, we're going to need to apply this surcharge for your child storing a clue board game at an angle leaning up against a wall. That may be the scariest thing we saw. Number two here. Oh, this is a charge for our chargers. We kept putting our phones down on our chargers and they kept sliding off. <laughs> you're, you're the worst induction charger in a haunted house. Uh, number three. Oh, I know you've lost everything, but man, you're going to pay this fee for making us listen to the Star Spangled Banner multiple times. What is wrong with you, man? All right. 
climb on my back and I'll carry you out of here. I'm the wind, you're the feather. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I was halfway drinking a very hot drink. <laughs> I'm piecing that all together. Yeah, right I'm just now. making on, sense of it in my me. mind. Uh, with us also, and finally, Brian. He will whisper through a large part of this movie, Ibbet. Okay, I will, but I won't do it right now. Okay. Oh, hey, Mr. Davidson. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk with you really quickly. I, I know I've only been working for you for uh, for a couple months here, and this is my first job as a poltergeist. And I'm just kind of learning the ropes, but I've got this family that I've been assigned, and I've been having no luck getting them to leave the house. What have I tried so far? Well, I started with the uh, the Ben Silverware, right? And the uh, the Flying Melinda chair balancing routine. Yeah, I got all the chairs balanced on the kitchen table in seven seconds and didn't even make a sound. Yeah, yeah, I know. I would have thought so, too. No, she clapped her hands, pulled out her smartphone, and took a selfie with it. Yeah, well, it's got 428 likes on Instagram, so that's a thing. But she didn't even notice that I pretty much doubled the number of chairs that they had in their kitchen. But no, still. They didn't budge. Yeah, then I set up the slidey, slidey floor spot, you know, like the corner square in the board game. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, right? No, she loved it. She put chairs on it. She put her kid on it. She was in the process of trying to get the neighbors over to slide around on it when uh, I did some weird editing thing with the film and I had to start pelting them with mosquitoes. Any other ideas? Oh, turn the door into an anus. I like that. Good, good. Hulk, Hulk on horseback. Okay, weird, but interesting. Awesome. I'll try all those things. Thanks. Say, you want to go get some Pizza Hut later? Nice. <laughs> hey, that's that kind of reminds me of like uh, maybe you went to- took Poltergeist and Beetlejuice and put it together. Mm-hmm. Polterjuice. <laughs> Polterjuice. Or, or Beetle Beetlegeist. Beetle Beetlegeist. Beetle Wait, that's an actual I, thing. This is kind of a thing. Isn't Beetlegeist? I, a, I would like yeah. to. I would like to start our unpacking of uh, Poltergeist mm. by uh, aping on Scott's soundtrack grade. Mm. I'm going to give this whole movie an SAS for Spielberg as shit. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's funny. You said that. I'm going to go ahead and jump straight to a clip that I. Oh, that's hilarious because I named this clip Spielberg as shit music, and I'm not kidding. Oh, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a musical selection. It's right at the top of the movie. I'll just get it out of the way now. Check it out. I mean, this is... If that's not Spielberg music, I don't know what is. I, mean, I need a dumb working. It's let not there, even John Williams. That Like, no John Williams in this thing at all no. for being a Spielberg deal. No. Let, this, let there be no doubt. This and Close Encounters and E.T., all exist in the same universe without a doubt. Yeah. Well, he was simul filming ET when this was being made. And so it doesn't surprise me that you don't have John Williams on it just because he's busy doing that over there. But uh, yeah. And the and still, to- Toby Hooper, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the director, but heavily influenced and partially directed by Spielberg due to a contract this thing does negotiation. Not, there, there's only one moment in this entire movie that feels like right. Toby Hooper had anything to do with it. It's when the guy's peeling his face off and that's it. I've, I've heard, well, I've heard, for, I've, I've read a bunch of stuff about this and it's always been a point of contention, whether how much Toby Hooper directed and how much Steven Spielberg had influence over this. And, but this was supposed to be, uh, it, uh, you know, the the third kind is supposed to be kind of like a sequel to that. So it's kind of supposed to be originally some of the ideas were supposed to exist in the same universe. Sure. But Toby I could, Hooper, I could see uh, that argued that away. I could see that, yeah. but he was he would like he was so involved. There's even like trivia like this. Uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, 
Zelda Rubens. No, that's not her. Oh, here it is. Joe Beth Williams is hesitant about shooting the swimming pool scene because of the large amount of electrical equipment positioned over and around the very wet, muddy pool. In order to convert, uh, comfort her, Steven Spielberg himself, Spielberg, Spielberg himself, Spielberg, <laughs> Spielberg, Spielberg. Uh, he, he crawled into the pool with her to shoot the scene. He said to her, now, if the light falls in, we both fry. The strategy worked and Williams got in the pool. Now, I don't know if that should have any scrutiny or not. Maybe. In fact, I'll play it just right. to be safe. Scrutiny. But uh, that sounds like he was hovering and was there every day and was involved in shoots. And there's. You know. Yeah, there's so much stuff like that in the trivia about him uh, doing stuff with um, uh, the actress who played Carol Ann and helping her and making her feel better about the scary stuff that she was involved in. And mm-hmm. so it just feels like he was there every day. And, and I want to I want to argue with something that came out in passing two minutes ago, which is uh, that's not John Williams. It is our massive Star Trek connection, Jerry Goldsmith, who is poor man's John Williams. Oh, that's uh, great. Like, there is there is no doubt that Jerry Goldsmith, uh, you know, was like in the shadow of John Williams for his entire career, mm-hmm. and also like starting with Star Trek Five, he is the Star Trek uh, composer, right? Yeah, uh, like all through all these series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and uh, it just like I felt very very much like this was uh, somehow there's an uh, effect that a filmmaker like Spielberg apparently has on a composer, yeah. you know, like yeah. it just right. felt like that. Here, here's the thing. And I, I know we've talked about Spielberg a ton, both up and down, good and bad, blah, blah, blah. Over the years, over the 11 years we've been doing the show, but this movie succeeds on it being very Spielbergian. Like it's, mm-hmm. right. it's, it's right. what makes it work for me and worked for me when I was younger. Now there are things about it that scared the crap out of me in 1982. Um, I was yeah. very young as, I don't know, 11, 12, whatever I was. And it scared the bejesus out of me, uh, especially in a couple of cases. But there was also a overall feeling of this. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. This family Mm -hmm. sticks together. We're going to find a way like those sensibilities are very Spielberg family friendly sensibilities. And when applied to a haunted movie, horror movie. That that everyone tried to make R, by the way, they had to fight for the PG because there was no PG-13 yet. Yeah. Um, that, that really worked for me. Like that made the movie more palatable at the time, but also even today I appreciate it more because I feel like this isn't just some movie. This, it reminds me of haunting of Hill house, which is a scary, creepy thing. But that series on Netflix isn't about the scary and the creepy and then people dying as as a result. It's about Mm -hmm. you rooting for a family that you really want to see, make it through this. And that's how this movie works. Amityville horror is always, and this one, and I have I have crapped on Steven Spielberg quite a bit in Film Sack, and I'm not going to do that today because this this movie finds something between Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams, who are uh, uh, just a married couple smoking a doob after the kids have gone to bed. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's a little, uh, little Donald Duck foreplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because Craig T. Nelson it, it has found a way to clean up his act somewhat. So he's reading about Reagan. And you know the the war on on drugs and that kind of stuff. And, and Joe Beth Williams is the background role in a doobie. So I mean, <laughs> he's in this weird suburban position of you know things uh, transforming from the seventies to the eighties, and it's 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 just horror in the suburbs. Well, they would and have been uh, they would have been teens of the sixties, so they're definitely the, sort of the yeah. baby boomer hippie you know free love generation. And then right. yeah, you're right. There's these subtle straddlings of. 
our old time and our and our current time. We're raising these fam- this family. We're trying to live in suburbia. I literally sell phase four versions of this house we live in. Mm-hmm. Like it's all of those tropes and trappings. But at the same time, he's over there making massive weed rolls. Like he's over there making three or four of these. He's, he's, got, he's, he's standing got, in front of the mirror doing his tummy out and in and out. Yeah, before, after. <laughs> before, after. <laughs> and you're just like, like Gibbons said, is Donald Duck crap and all playfulness. That. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that really, they sold me on that couple early. Randy's right. Like there's a, there's a great, yeah. it's a great relationship. Um, I kind of had a childhood crush on Joe Beth Williams and rightly so. Well, She's, how could you not? Yeah. She was hot. Um, she was great. Yeah. But the, but everything about all of that setup is great. It feels real. None of this feels contrived. The kid actors are putting in real cool performances, like legit. That's where Spielberg shines. Yeah. I don't know what special power he has, but these same actors are not great in other things. So that's how you know course, it's got to be that. I mean, I agree mm-hmm. with you, except with the, what, like the super trope of the, of the, blank face to little girl mm. like that oh my gosh that just drove me crazy after mm. a while that Heather O'Rourke? she works yeah, for it's me. Such a, and such a trope the, yeah. the the child that knows what's going on and is completely stoic about it oh my god yeah that's worth playing a trope thing for but was was it not i mean was it not the most effective part of the marketing of the film i mean that's the thing they always shown mm. in the, the marketing line, you remember right they're turning around yeah that. yeah mm-hmm. yeah no, that's- She's a blank slate. She was born in that home. They mm. said she was actually literally born in the home. I, I missed like, that part. Who said that? I don't remember that from previous viewings. I this is the first mm-hmm. time I've watched it, you know, as a as a film sacker, so I, I pay a little more attention to things and Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said it near the near the well near the first end when uh, they're packing up boxes and moving. Like, oh yeah. man, you know it's uh, going to be tough to leave here because Caroline was born in this house and yeah. born in this house. The other anybody the other else re- got a history with this film? Oh, big time! I, I, I watched. It. <laughs> I have a huge history with it. When we were younger, we had the VHS tape that I don't even think we had legally. I'm pretty sure we copied it from a friend, so it was pretty hammered already. Wow! Um, but we watched it over and over and over. Kind of wore it out and. I had this rule where when the steak maggot scene slash guy peeling his face off came up, I, I would skip it every time. I couldn't do it. It really got under my skin. Yeah, yeah the tearing of the face scene. So it, is, is that also a real thing that happens in movies? You see it all the time. It's like, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I pull a tooth out of my face, I'm like, okay, stop. All right, I'm going to the dentist now. Something's wrong. I'm not going to peel my face off. If I start If I start peeling off, like, oh, no, why is my flesh coming off here? I'm going to push that back in. I'm going to put a Band-Aid on it. I'm going to go to emergency well, room. But that's the whole point is that it was all just a mirage at the end. Of, he had yeah, to right, anything right. Off. He and just so kept on peeling it. Like, kind nope. of a trope in its own way. But that's the other thing is, is haunted house movies. I've said this before. They bug me generally because they never follow their own rules or they don't establish rules that I can count on. So I never know what the hell's going on. Um, one minute they're physical. The next minute they're metaphysical. They can't touch anybody. But can they? Right. And, if, you know, blah, blah, blah. So. What are their rules? This yeah. one doesn't get so bogged down in it, so I don't even really think about it. Like I just, right. I'm just like I'm, I'm going beat to beat. I want to see what happens. I want to see if they're going to be okay. It's there creepy, was the, but the hopeful. biggest reveal. I wasn't shocked by uh, you know a, a, a movie ending as much as I was by this movie until the the sixth sense came along. Mm-hmm. I mean because oh, that really? fact that 
They but, were uh, buried, buried. It was on a graveyard. You didn't move the graves. <laughs> it was like that was a big so reveal. That, that okay. was the reveal, Andy. Not the not the yeah. second. Uh, the, yeah. Not the return of the poltergeist in the second half. No. Okay, so I want to I want to answer my own question. What's your history with this movie? Yeah. I have seen this movie one time. I was a teenager. It was at a at a like haunted house viewing. I was required to sit and watch this movie, and I my memories of it are so basic, like. Mm. Mm-hmm. The TV transmits a ghost to a little girl like that kind of that was my all I remembered of the movie. Right. So I was so thrilled that we got to a couple of super tropes in this film and the graveyard that I did not remember at all was the ultimate like the ultimate trope. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just needed to say something about Indians. And we're, we're it was there. also they're very they, Spielberg. They, they this, like he loves the, dead bodies floating out of stuff yeah. or like Indiana Jones finding a, a bunch of bodies yeah. hanging in a crypt mm-hmm. like. He and they always that. turn towards the protagonist. It's yeah. like yeah. the body comes up. <laughs> it's so Spielberg <laughs> to do that. They redconned that Indian graveyard crap in part two, though, because that that wasn't in the first one. There no. was no Indian grave burial ground. It was just a you know, just a burial just, ground. Just, just a burial just ground. Yeah. yeah. Just Everybody a, was popping up. There was nobody popping up out of there that was. You know, like Native American, it was, American. It was all a bunch of white like, people. Yeah, they were all with Pearl. their pearls on and white hair, and like right. this was dumb. Like you're right, and I kind of liked it that way better because Old it was timey. It was <laughs> less, Old timey. Look at it, that. It was less tropey to just say, "Well, it's just the dead." It's not right. any kind mm-hmm. of like, "Oh, you've ruined our sacred ground." That's when you, I don't know, that just gets into places. Does it make it scarier if it's like, "Oh, they're they're like working together. They're a group. They were a group before right. death, and they they banded together after death." Ooh. They really hate white people. Ooh. You know, it's like no it's dead people. <laughs> yeah, but they, but they, but those bodies popping out of the water and the in the and the not finished uh, pool Ooh. and stuff is just real. Still, very, very. Yeah. Effective. Effective. I had forgotten completely, and I've seen this movie many times, and I don't know if I just kind of always zoned out during the part, but when the boy uh, is getting et by the tree, I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember him getting et by the tree. I must have not been paying attention at all, but that was scary to me. Yeah, that, the tree was scary. That, that the ant, clown was scary. Yeah, that ant eaten. That was not right. Ant Eden. Who didn't like um, it? Ant- I, I touched on this last week and and when we first announced we were doing Poltergeist a little bit at the beginning of the show, but uh, it's the scene where um, Robbie is looking for the stupid marionette doll, the clown doll. Yeah, yeah. That's everybody Why the hell would you keep that thing? Right. And he looks under the under the bed and comes up. And it's the it's the easiest trope. You know to expect it. It's like when somebody opens a medicine cabinet. You yeah. know there won't be anything in the medicine cabinet, but when it comes back, the mirror will have the the face of the person that's that's right. scaring him. <laughs> and it and that freaked me out so much. Him coming back up and then the marionette grabbing around okay. his face. Yeah. Uh, I was what eleven or twelve years old at the time, seeing at the Westminster Six, the Westminster oh, Mall nice. Six uh, multiplex. I had to get up and go pee, and I remember standing at the urinal shaking because I was so scared. I love that. Not going I back. love that. Not going back. Nope. But isn't nope. that funny that it's that it there's a weird wholesomeness to the horror movie like mm-hmm. yeah. I, that doesn't happen very often. And it was that's what made it unique at the time, certainly in a, in a batch of late 70s, early 80s horror movies where it was mm-hmm. all you hated everybody. And the minute they got killed, you're like, well, of course you got killed because you suck. Like everyone right, sucks. Right. Even the person that survived, you're like, well, OK, I'm glad they survived. But they kind of also suck. This movie is about people I gave a shit about and I didn't want mm-hmm. anyone right. to get hurt. And. Part of that is 
earnest performances across the board. Like even today, I see Craig T. Nelson outside. I see Coach out there yelling at that dude going, you didn't move the bodies. I, I could see myself doing that in his shoes. And on the kid's side, I could see myself being that scared buck tooth kid about the tree or about yeah. where yeah. Carol Ann went or why he's hearing no, voices. Only, like he was, it's so well made, you know, the only person they could really kill off and nobody dies in this film, which is amazing for a horror film like this. Yeah. Right. Marty um, quits, the only, I mean, but he doesn't really die. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only person who really could die or could have been killed is the, uh, uh, is the landowner dude who didn't move the bodies. Uh, just yeah, the headstones. Like that would have been the, right. the, Karma no, no. coming back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, he was Played just standing there. James Karen, is that who that is, Mr. Teague? And yeah. that was well. When the when yeah. the house folded in on itself, he was in the vicinity. So one one might wonder if he got snapped up into that. But right, well, he got. Well, you see him getting knocked when when the house folds in upon itself. Again, then yeah. that force flies out. You see him laying on the sidewalk like yeah. Uh, he, he's getting back up and he's like going, "Oh, what have I done? What have I done, yeah. Mr. Teague?" Oh, and by the way, another Spielberg thing I noticed, and there's no way this is a coincidence. The special effects they used in Indiana Jones, which was, what, a year prior? Right. Um, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It, uh, that movie had this scene when the, when the ghosts first come out of the ark and start flying through the Nazis and all that. But before they turn yeah. bad, they're all beautiful and everything. Yeah. Um, but even when they turn bad, they had this like underwater quality, which literally they were effects right, right. created underwater to create the flowing hair and the garment and whatever. Um, they do the same thing here. They had that weird dog horse creature that that's, that's oh, yeah. screaming at Mary Beth, Joe Williams. Son, right. Junior. <laughs> that room just that room just makes me laugh that sometimes they treat that room like it's a joke in a, in a movie. Right. It's a sideshow. Like, yeah. Oh, you want to see something? Look at this. Yep. <laughs> They definitely get to the right to the edge of how people would actually react to things like, right. For example, if you brought some ghost hunters into your house and they had a camera and like, there are a crew of people who have been doing that and you had actual ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it would be the first time they have ever really actually experienced actual ghosts doing these things. Mm-hmm. They would leave. They they would not hang around and refuse to get other people involved, call the police, all that stuff. They would leave. They would go right to the local news station. You would be covered in people within an hour. Yeah. They said you they know? couldn't show it on 60 Minutes. Craig T. Nelson told them. Well, I'm just saying that like <laughs> this movie, this movie really presses you to go along with people just sort of, you know, that, that they would be mostly right. shocked. Yeah. Right. And, and it's kind of, it, it kind of plays into a conceit of what was going on during the eighties is where we were trying to hide our dirty laundry. And so it was, it was kind of, it kind of played into some, uh, some of the commentary from that time. Mm-hmm. It, at least it played that way for me a little bit. Yeah. There's some of yeah. that stuff. There's like this, um, you know, desire to be all suburban and, you know, you're, you've yeah, got the perfect okay. little family. Nobody, and, nobody, yeah. nobody panic. Yeah. Okay. Very, very eighties in that way. At least that's my memory of how that stuff was. So there's definitely some commentary there, but the idea that you will all survive this just by sure will and the get out of there and then chucking the TV out in the motel room is one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a great moment um, for a movie to end on. 
It's just great. Like I, I, I was worried mm-hmm. with this viewing that I was going to go, all right, some of this is not great. And yes, it has the look of a thing that came out in 1982. There's no getting around that, but it's pretty good. It holds up really well. Yeah. Really and even the good. effects, yeah. I was talking about the underwater thing, but even that giant head that comes bursting through the door, mm-hmm. thing's scary as all shit. Yeah. Like just a dangly big, skin pieces falling off of it. And, and yeah. it's heavy it, the way it moved. It, it wasn't, works. it didn't feel like a right. puppet. It was like, it was like, bruh, it was like had some motion to it. And I don't know. And the and flashing, like, by the way, okay. So if you're of our age, you, you may remember this, but when we were kids, TV stations would sign off at around 2 a.m. Yeah. And <laughs> if that you lived was, in a more yeah. conservative part of the country, they signed off right at midnight. Yeah. It could right. be midnight too. We, we had, ours went till about two and it was this same thing like that. They play the thing of allegiance, the what's it called? Yeah. Star Pledge Banner. Banner. The, sorry, Star Spangled <laughs> Banner. Yeah, they would, they would throw a flag up there and they yep. would play, and, and then, then when it went off, it would right. bunch of bunch of patriotic imagery this for some ends reason. Our broadcast day, and it's <laughs> so unthinkable now. Like this isn't even a concept now. It's like it's right. the weirdest idea because everything runs for twenty four hours. Everything has content going all the time in the streaming world. It's all on demand all the time. There's no off time for any of this stuff. Right. Right. Like, then it right. was what I didn't remember. And this movie really brought back to me was it would literally shut down so that now the air waves are just static and white and flashy. And if you did right. fall asleep next to your TV, the room became a strobe light nightmare. Yeah, and it did. that yeah. really like brought it back. Depicts. Yeah, no, I'm not quite that bad. But that <laughs> really that brought it stark. back. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that moment when she's crawling toward the bottom of the bed to talk to the TV again. Right. I just went, oh, yeah, okay. We're, yeah, it's, that's a it's bit 82. much, but- no, yeah. I loved it. I, there, I'm no yeah. complaints here. Like, they, it's sure it's exaggerated, but for whatever Spielberg reason, that really played White is a character like nobody else, and that that that's where I that's where I felt like Spielberg was the most. And what does the light symbolize? What does I, I don't know. What it, symbolizes, but it, it, it symbolizes the character. I mean, it's it's, it's such a it's odd play. Let's talk. About I mean, I, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that honestly. It it actually symbolizes the truth, like reality. Mm. Light light is what you shine on things to know what's going on, right? Mm. Sure. And so, like, there's a there's a really deep symbolism here where the movie almost never portrays just darkness, uh, like almost yeah. ever. There's a, there's a little bit of use of it, but a lot of it is using darkness to set up using some kind of light. Did you guys know that uh, the poltergeist is German for loud ghost? Did I knew geist was ghost. I did yeah. not know that yeah. polter yeah. is loud. Yeah, or it, noisy, it, it, I guess, more is more accurate. But, noisy yeah. ghost. So, so yeah. if so, they were redoing this today, would the, and I know they did come out with a remake, but you can't, you know, obviously the TV stations don't turn off after a certain time. Would the uh, would the ghost come out from like a three AM infomercial for um, Seattle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like share exactly. Slap chop poltergeist. Okay. Hold on, there is a uh, there is a the, the one that came out that I'm thinking of is the two, 2015 one with Sam Rockwell. How yeah, was that? Right, did anyone right. see that? Was it? Did not I did it. not, and I was disappointed that, that I didn't see it, and I never did get back to it. And nope. I watched the trailer before the show today just to see, and it's and there are scenes that look like they are just straight shot for shot remakes of what we saw. I mean, this. they could easily they could easily just say you know just do the time setting. New actors say oh, the early eighties. Oh, mean, and keep it uh, yeah. keep it eighties. Sure. Yeah, I mean yeah. the the fact that it's static isn't really a requirement. You could have the ghosts right. enter through whatever television means, and they keep it television because they still have the um, the new Carol Ann touching the screen saying kind they're of, here. But, kind of desirous right. to see this because I don't. 
I don't care. The sequel was bad. We saw it here. I I, mm-hmm. I did not like it. Yeah, I mean, I liked it for us, but I didn't like mm-hmm. it as a as a sequel. And it really does not hold a candle to the original. Not even close. And I don't. I couldn't even speak to three because I've never seen it. Um, but this, I like when like like we did with Evil Dead. I went and watched that 2013 reboot of Evil Dead, and I really liked it. So mm-hmm, I'm kind of mm-hmm. tempted mm-hmm. here. Maybe maybe I kind of tempted mm-hmm. as well because I didn't see the reboot. I'm. I'm Maybe. I like Sam Rockwell a lot. So Me too. He makes everything yeah. better. And oh. who's Sexton Shabrino? Who's that? Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It is funny, though. You look back at how many film sec movies we've watched here that have been rebooted and turned into like new series. Carrie is another one. Horror series. Yeah. Um, I saw that and liked it. Like, I've kind of liked when they do these again. I, I can't let go of this first this first thing I wrote. Like we, I, I, I want to hold back here. The okay. very first note I made was, "Oh my God, the Star Spangled Banner! This is not scary at all." And then when it came on the second time, I'm just like, "Stop trying to make the Star Spangled Banner scary! It won't be." <laughs> and it, it's like it just bugs me. I don't know why. Well, but it's that meant song, to be discordant, though, right? You're supposed to see it, and plus, it's well, all up close. So you're seeing weird, especially zoomed in, seeing the pixels. Yeah. That would, if if they had uh, wrenched the song around, then I would have been saying, no, no, no. It's a TV at the end of the day. It should be playing a normal sounding Star Spangled Banner. Sure. I'm just like, this, the normal sounding Star Spangled Banner just felt like it didn't belong in this movie. I Have it, it sound a little warped. I like that idea of having it sound a little bit warped, like it's on a, you know, a mm. faulty record player or something to kind of yeah. underscore the the scares. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I, I I think the I think the natural sequel to this movie is Close Encounters of the Third Kind because I I must have I must have made a dozen notes of comparing it to that movie yeah. for some reason like I felt like the you know there were just all these little like uh you know like the main character the main character is a man who has a family who is trying to figure out what the hell's going on and and it doesn't fit into his reality and it just that that was so directly the same you know yeah mm-hmm. one of the things that works really well here i think is that spielberg rarely wrote his own material or, or stuff that he produced and or directed and um this is a case where he both produced and then sort of directed but this is his story like he wrote this from the ground up and right. it kind of made me wish he would have done more of that because that's rare mm-hmm. for him he's usually riffing on somebody else's material or took you know you know indiana jones is a george lucas thing uh or but he'll work it off a book or a historical account or whatever I mean, like we maybe missed out on some of the creative juice that is his storytelling, because right. while simple, you know, this, the structure of this is pretty simple. Um, there's something about it that's just really cohesive, feels good, paced well. Right. I, I think the decision to make the mom slightly manic was the right choice. And mm-hmm. it's hard to explain this, but she's she could have just been disbelieving and. Mm-hmm. Instead, he knows the smart thing here to do is say, all right, well, the chairs have rearranged themselves. This is weird and psycho, and we should question everything about reality now. Right. The normal and, trope and thing Beth- is to make her like the lady last week, the, the stepmom, and make her not believe anything until the knife crosses her neck. You know what right. I mean? And, In this and case, she's like, is, I'm going to um, embrace this, and I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to make this chair move, and I'm going to giggle like an idiot when it happens because I don't know what else to do because this is too crazy. That's the right. right choice, and I don't. that feels daring weirdly to me to make that right. choice and have it work. And- I don't know. There, yeah. there's, once again, watching this for uh, film sack, I I did pick up on the fact that Joe Beth Williams' character it did have, and we explored some part two, I believe, 
she did have a connection to uh, the the afterlife. Uh, she had some she had some things that she was kind of in tune with, uh, implying that that's the reason why Carol Ann was able to cross over so easily uh, with what was going on. So I yeah I I think her character was really well written. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's what, a real strong it, point of this. Plus, she just got all yeah. those mother mama bear vibes. She's just wants right. it's, regardless of what happens, no matter how bad this gets, I'm going to save my children. Right. No matter really how bad works. this gets, I'm still going to put my stupid kids back in the same stupid room that all this crap happened. Yeah, well, the, she, I was like, are you kidding me? That was the most unbelievable part for me. It's like there's no way I could put my kids back down to bed in the same room. In the same room, yeah. Like, all of that well, mess has been happening. Then, no way. Yeah, and I know some comedian already did this, but basically as soon as the – as soon as I look over – and all the chairs are stacked on top of each other on the table. That's when right. I'm calling the real estate, you know, the realtor <laughs> right. to say, yep, uh, sorry, uh, where, are we, where are we moving to? So yeah. where's your husband? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is yeah. the real estate agent. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. That's true. Call your husband and say, we we new house, honey. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> out I, of the, out of Cuesta Quanta, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah Green Hillside or whatever it is. Cuesta. But, did any, but did didn't you appreciate, didn't you appreciate that concept? Did anyone though? else? Oh, go ahead. Uh, talk about weeds to themselves. We oh, it, it was, was such very a little boxes on the hillside. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were definitely yeah. aiming for that whole you know suburban uh, lifestyle. It was, it was filmed in Agora Hills, where they you know they scouted and found some brand new neighborhoods that looked mm-hmm. how they wanted it to look, mm-hmm. and made a statement. Like yeah. when you see that neighborhood, that is a statement. Yep. And I, I found that really, uh, really nice. It, you know, because it, it it colors the rest of the movie. You, you have. You don't just have he's a realtor in a neighborhood that he lives in, but yeah. it's a new trivia says a, trivia says that it's still there. That house, by the way, uh, the last family yeah. who owned it, sold it in May of 09. That's not true. I saw it get sucked up into the. Yep. Other you, know, you only know what you believe, so it's fine. You believe what you want to believe. <laughs> No, um, I, have, I have cousins in Simi Valley, and next time I go out there to visit them, I am so making them take me to this house. Yeah. We're going to got to check this thing. Yeah. I think weeds, the shots of weeds are Santa Clarita, which yeah. was which mm. was probably had some new neighborhoods in 2004. Mm-hmm. But this was Agora Hills, and I just love, I love that style. Like, and it just gets better every time. Like every every time you go to that part of Southern California – it's just like I like like it even more. It looks so seventy. Like uh, Edward Scissorhands did a good job of like, mm-hmm. yeah, sending yeah, that up. Good. You know, with that one though, at least you got like weird pastel colors on every house. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> everything looked like a Benetton. Not Benetton. What was the? There was a store in the mall in the eighties that everything was colored like that, and I hated it. Like yeah. Easter egg colors. I guess those yeah. are back. By the way, apparently this is the year for a yeah. return to those those particular right. colors. I was told by a 13-year-old that they wish they grew up during the 80s. And I said, oh, child. Dude, my kids say that all the time. They're all, they all Don't think believe that. what you see on the TV. Yeah. They, they're it all was a convinced. Nightmare. They're convinced that my my decade was the decade. And I'm not so sure they're wrong. I love the 80s. Yeah, like, you know, I, it's, we were growing it's hard up. for me to dispute that. Yeah. <laughs> I was growing up, you know, we, we thought the 50s was the decade. I mean, it was, you know, during the I 80s, didn't. we were totally like, I would just love to live during the 50s. No, those are old people. Are you kidding? I had no, ze- I had zero no, interest I did. in the 50s. You didn't watch Happy Days and think, oh, yeah, I watched Happy Days, but I never went, oh, that's the decade I wish i lived in not once <laughs> I, I, was, I hung out with the fonds i mean you Scott. could have and that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is the actual decade and all of its culture 
I well, was, of course, now when I look back and know what the 50s really were, of course not now. Yeah, but, but I liked I where I was child, living when I was when having I was 13. it. The 80s mm-hmm. were great, dude. There's no denying it. It was great. Yeah. Your kids the, are right. the 80s may have been great for you. Who was it bad for? for? Who was it bad for? Tell me who it was bad for. It was bad for lots of people. <laughs> well, every <laughs> time, every time is bad for somebody. Like I, so, I don't think there's any way of saying blanket. You can't blanket statement say this one particular decade. Everybody had a great time. <laughs> but culturally but speaking, I am saying that I am saying that we remember the '80s as a time of greatness and and positivity for the most part, and that. It would be a great time to live in. And and during the 80s, we looked at the 50s in the same way. But now we all look back at the 50s and go, no. And those of us lived during the 80s go, well, you know, there was some great parts. But there was also some really hard times and a lot of really big issues going on that were being. Yeah, but I didn't pay attention to that. You're not supposed to when you're a kid. You're supposed to just. Well, of course not. That's what I'm saying now. Now, if you said you want to live in the 50s, no. When you live in the 80s, mm, mm, maybe I like to visit, but no. I would totally live in the 80s again. I will get in my DeLorean and go visit for a minute. Sure. Yeah, but let's get in our 80s car. We're going back. I'm totally, totally in. Yeah, Uh, 88 miles an hour going back. Yeah, we've (laughs) got to go back. We've got to go back. It's your pre-kids, Marty. Anyway. (laughs) So this movie we mentioned before, Spielberg hired uh, Toby Hooper. He is known for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, one and two. Uh, Maybe some other stuff later. I don't know. Uh, This is nothing like that. At all, no. except for the face oh, ripping. God. You know? Yeah, the face ripping. I mean, it's uh, the thing. money behind it too, which really, really helped. Yeah, and I it, liked the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's a very different tone. Oh, uh, so much than this. So it's an interesting pick, right? And and if you were going to say, well, guess who made this movie? If you had no idea and you just watched this movie, you just guess Spielberg. Like that, that would be your guess because that's what it feels like. Toby Hooper doesn't have his fingers in this much. I don't think. Um, no. you know which I, is, I think i think he does i think i think you're uh, okay so toby hooper i think uh probably looked this is one of his first big chances to really do a big budget film you know spielberg is not new to this i think toby was you know being mentored a bit by uh spielberg and i i think i think he's still here i just don't think he wanted to overstep you know so this is his first Hmm. I can't square it. Why Why does this have an alternative director? Well, because Spielberg is in Tunisia filming uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hmm. Well, then Spielberg doesn't have actually the, 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 you know, access to guide the film, right? Hmm. What Spielberg actually has is another movie coming out the same year called E.T. And, and they don't want this confusion going on. So they, they make him agree to not. Uh, take uh, director's credit or to do too much directing in Poltergeist. Yeah, but he went and, there every uh, day and it was only 20 minutes away from the ET shoot. So he was in there all the time. And, right, and I, right. so here's right. my, here's my take, but he's always Spielberg has always had two movies come out when like in the same year. And it's always weird, like Jurassic park and Schindler's list. Same year. Right. Uh, Saving private Ryan. Same year as I forget what it was. It was something hilariously, mine uh what was it crap but he does this all the time where you know uh a freaking uh, hook will come out but also this really serious movie from spielberg come right, out that year. right. So he's, yeah he's always like spreading himself in that in that way this seems like an early example of that but this had this weird 
Toby Hooper at the helm kind of kind of deal. Yeah, they, well, I think, you know, like I said, I think everybody recognized that Toby Hooper was a very responsible director and could get things done. And uh, I think, you know, having Spielberg back him up, I think that that made a big difference. He hasn't done much else. Well, he's done lots of things, but none of it is anything we've seen. What, like Billy about. Idol dancing with myself, the video. Come on. Did he really do that. Yeah. And oh. Life Force. Really? We saw that your own, fil- own film set, did we not? Oh, we uh, did do vampire, Life Force. Sucking vampires. Thanks. Energy vampires. Yeah. yeah. With uh, Picard was in that, if I recall right. Um, Correct. Invaders mm-hmm. from Mars. David Texas Warner was. Two, yeah. Freddy's Nightmares, which was a TV show. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Tales from the Crypt. So he did a lot of one-off TV stuff, uh, including right up till, let's see, Masters of Horror. I guess did you guys ever see The Mangler, uh, Stephen King's uh, a book? No. About a, uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so I saw that. How is it? Is it any good or dumb? Oh, it was trash. Oh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, let's it see. Was, it was good trash. Oh, uh, uh, 4.3 on uh, out of 10 on IMDb. Oh, well, right. A laundry folding machine has been possessed by a demon, causing it to develop homicidal tendencies. Whoa. <laughs> this has starred well, Robert I, England. I really appreciate anybody who goes to the effort to say homicidal. Yeah. Homicidal. <laughs> that had Freddy Krueger in it. Robert England. Yeah. Homicide. Yeah. Life on the street. Homicide. Oh, it also <laughs> had Ted Levine, who uh, was in. Um, Oh, what did, what did he do? I thought he was director. Ed okay, well, never mind. Yeah, he's he's good. He's in like Silence of the Land. He's, uh, he's, he's the land, and he yeah, sticks his right, right, right. throat between his. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? He was in the totally. Wild Wild West. He's right. He wasn't. He wasn't the chick in the bucket. He was Heat, or he was in Heat. McGrath. He's in oh, heat. heat. He's currently in Heat. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get mated. He's currently in Heat. <laughs> Very moody, and his fur is falling. <laughs> that all sounds right. Um, all right. What else we got here? There's a couple. Oh, this, I like this one. I always like these. Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams are only 10 years older than the girl that played their daughter. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's funny. The, the girl uh, that is uh, the star of the cringiest scene in the movie by far. I oh. wish it had been cut. I oh, will never yeah. forget. This cat girl. Yeah. Yes. She gets home from school on her bike. I would say 14, but I could go 13 to 15 yeah. is her age. Yeah. That's what she's, she's playing. playing. She's 25. She, yeah, the age she's playing. Yeah. She's 25 yeah. years well, old in real life. They yeah. said in the movie, they said their daughters were five and I think they said 16. She was 16. 16. In the movie. I thought, yeah. Cause she's got yeah. friends who are driving. So yeah. Yeah. They but said either, but either way, creepy as shit. I yeah, hate those so guys. And, and then one of and, them. And, one of them's feeling so saucy that he's like, all right, first I'm going to whistle and say ratty things to your daughter. And then I'm going to lean into your window and eat your food. Oh my God. <laughs> Bluto. That's Bluto. Yes. Bluto, and, yeah. But like to really put a point on it, he says to her, his come on to her is I love you, which is just so creepy and not like in a horror movie way. It's just bad. <laughs> Wait, right. you guys say Bluto. Well, who, who are we talking about? Who's that guy? This character, the guy character that, named is Bluto. The guy who yeah. leans in the window and does that. Bluto. Oh, okay. He drops the drops the blinds on him. But uh, I, I, I do kind of like that the mom doesn't go out and yell at the guys for catcalling. She sees that her daughter is handling things by by doing a great uh, Italian flip off deal right. and then yeah, doing the actual right. finger yeah i used to love doing that no one does good, that anymore good bird. yeah what good happened bird. to that what happened to that thing why did it lose speaking of the 80s why did that lose its flavor because for a long time you going like that was the thing and now no one does mm-hmm. it 
It's yeah, bad. I don't know. I don't, Scott, that, that, Scott that, just smacked his right? bicep, didn't he? Oh, I did. Yeah, he totally did. I heard it. Yep. Heard them guns. Yeah, look at that. You hear that? <laughs> and then I can bird at the same time like she did. We know what's up. You're but, saying look at that on an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it. Just take a look at Just it. imagine it, okay? Use your imagination. But it, but but yeah, when she she there was something about that I like. The mom's like, yeah, that's right. I taught her well. She knows how to. Do I it. I had to pause the movie and go do a palate cleanser after that scene. Yeah. I was so freaking mad. What did you and palate I, cleanse? How'd you do it? What'd, what'd you, you go palate do? with? Yeah, what'd you cleanse it with? Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I got a glass of water and a glass of port. <laughs> I, I drank some fortified wine and, really? and a big oh, glass great. of water. Wow. Um, the uh, uh, the thing is, I I want to believe that we're just looking back at 1982. Like things were different, and this was something that people would accept as commonplace. Mm-hmm. It just bugs me. Really, they really did our parents' generation. But wait, the <laughs> '80s were great. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're 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 right. Some of those mores were, you know. They were troublesome, and I don't. I don't think a lot of that stuff. I think some of that stuff's still a problem. If you want, they want yeah, my honest yeah. opinion. Uh, I just think that uh, this movie, I think, was trying to make a statement that you that yes, this happens. I'm not sure they needed it. Okay, ultimately, but I think the idea here is that this happens, and also you, she's a she's a tough girl. She can she's gonna she's mm-hmm. gonna fight back. Right. And there's something right. about that to be admired. The only problem is it doesn't really pay off because. You're setting her up to be this really scrappy uh, kid that's not just fighting with her siblings, but maybe she's more than that. And then she disappears for half the movie and doesn't come home until all yeah, the lights he, are screwed up. And but you she's get in the, the car. typical uh, big sister in the 80s because that's what always happened. If you were a big sister or a big brother during like the late 70s and 80s, you always were there for a minute and then you just disappeared. And yeah. then, you know, you might come back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some of that, but I just, I think there was a missed opportunity there to just have more with her, but also her reaction when she got back and was screaming, what's going on. What's that? like, that was pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like I really felt everybody, there was a lot of yelling and maybe too much, but I felt everybody's intense moments there, you know? Yeah. Like, keep moving, dad. Keep driving. Oh. I'm trying to drive. <laughs> I'm trying to drive. <laughs> like the kids are saying, drive away. Leave my older sister. Let's get out of here. Yeah, they, oh, that's true. There was a point <laughs> where she just wasn't yeah. getting in. She was frozen by fright or whatever. And the kid's like, just go, dad. Just go. <laughs> get out. Hey, nobody cares about their older sister. Come on. You're still young. You can have more. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. It. Uh, they push for our rating on this thing. And Spielberg pushed back and said, "No, this would be this would be a thing with him until PG thirteen became right. a thing." But so many of his films, either produced under the Amblin name or his own directed stuff, would push that rating. Like Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom was a big one. Eighty um, four is where it all came to a, a you know a thing. But Gremlins is another example. Like these were the movies that yeah. Spielberg was like, like, "You know what? Face Gore not rated R. Just deal with it." Yeah, we're gonna do some mm-hmm. we're gonna do some melting faces. We're gonna peel some faces off, but that's not R. No, no, no. God, I remember that looking so much better in the eighties than it did. Yeah. This time. You mean the face, the peeling the off face, face. The, the plastic. Yeah. The rubber, rubber stuff. Yeah. I think it's cause I was so scared by it that I never actually stared right at it. But now that right. I'm just looking at it, right all at it, adult and desensitized, it, it looked pretty <laughs> by the bad. Way, yeah. By the way, if Marty hadn't quit, I would have fired Marty saying, 
oh, I'm just going to go fix myself something. Yeah. Goes into my fridge, gets a steak. A, a steak? Nice, big, juicy <laughs> steak. Of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, eat the chicken. That's totally fine. The chicken, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's out there. Everybody's. That's, that's everybody's. You're right, Brian. The yeah. 80s were terrible. The 80s were they terrible. They were terrible. They were terrible for this guy. Hey, you just spoke, you spoke of this. Here, where is it? Right here. It wasn't Gross. the steak. It wasn't his face. It was the maggots on an actual oh, piece of chicken. chicken. Yeah, chicken I maggots. I can't deal with mm. that, dude. Like the idea that you were just—I mean, they did this in um, uh, what's the Kiefer Sutherland vampire thing we watched, Lost Boys. Right, Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. How do you like those maggots, Michael? Yeah, what you they're think they're you're eating is normal, and then you look down and it's not. Th- those are always yeah. those always get me. Yeah, anybody who's ever accidentally eaten into a bug and an apple will know this feeling. Yeah, like, ah, yeah, that's ah. why I think what it plays to that fear of like you yeah. bit into a you, that clam chowder you had had a worm in it, and you just True. didn't know it. <laughs> I don't know why I chose clam chowder. I don't know. Wow, either. weird. You get your clam chowder. You know why? I've got seafood soup I'm having for lunch later, and I don't need that. Yeah. Well, here's scallops, those scallops are actually chopped up worms. Here's my here's my problem with clam chowder. Whenever I've had it somewhere where they say it's legitimately like authentic, it's always got sand in it on purpose. What wow. the, what is what that about? Purpose? That's what, happened twice to me. Sand? It, it happened to me in Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. I went to a place that was supposed to be renowned for their clam chowder. Oh no, I get that part, but why why what makes you think they're putting sand in it on purpose? No, no, no. There's just they don't take the sand out. They just let the oh, sand gotcha, stay. Okay. So yeah. when you eat it, the sand that was in or around those clams is part of the sand. You know, you can wash these. And everyone around me is going, <laughs> oh, this is what this is what you want. This is this is how you know you're getting real clam chowder. I'm like, no, this is how I know I want to die. This yeah. is right, horrendous. Right. I can't do it. I I, I paid like no. We didn't. That, that's some real uh, potato there. We didn't peel off the, uh, the dirt. <laughs> I paid 14 Enjoy bucks or it. something for that bowl, and I didn't eat it because it was so gross. Gross. Right. Mm. Anyway. Eh, it's you know it's cooked sand, so it's it's. Oh jeez! <laughs> Actually, isn't all sand cooked sand technically? Right. Uh, I mean, it comes from. I mean, at one point, I guess, but because uh, it all came, it all started from volcanic stuff. Yeah. So, but I mean, so once, once it's sitting on the beach, I consider that. Right. That's don't raw be, sand. Don't be, don't be lawyer balling my uh, <laughs> clam chowder here now. <laughs> Get out of here. I love, man, I just cannot eat clam chowder without that premium saltine cracker. Oh, That's yeah. what I do. Mm-hmm. Now the cracker yeah, or exactly. the thing or the little, I don't uh, want those. I don't want those little chips. I don't no, want no, not powder. the little oyster crackers. Oyster no, cracker you're right. Yeah. I and want, I want it out I of want, a bread bowl. I want it out of a sourdough bowl. Ooh, now that's yeah. nice. You reckon, you reckon I, Zelda Rubenstein, you think she, you still lost the clam chowder there? Dude, <laughs> we got a Rubenstein in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bring it back, Brian. Well done. Uh, yeah. Zelda Rubenstein, who, by the way, says that she uh, said in interviews later, I guess. Th- uh, you know what? Scrutiny on this one. Scrutiny. Says that uh, she didn't like Toby Hooper because she could tell he had a drug problem. Yes, I've heard this from uh, from interviews with her before. And uh, so she really doesn't like the Toby. Yeah, but was she using like extra brain power witch shit to find out if he did yes, drugs or absolutely. what? Absolutely. Okay. I believe she has it. All right. I believe she's got something. All right. I actually liked her in part three as well. Did you guys ever see Poltergeist no. three? No, I like three better than she came two. back. Yeah, I, I don't want her in part three because, like, at that point, she should be—I don't know—talking to Congress or something. Like, <laughs> a, 
Well, was she in two? She plus, in... she kind of sucks because uh, she thought she cleaned the house, and there's still like yeah, this half house an hour is... movie at the end. Yeah, right. sort of clean. <laughs> she died ten years ago at the age of seventy-six. Let's see. So, Poltergeist. She was. Excuse me. She wasn't in two. Three. No, she, she, was. she absolutely was in two. Was we talked about her when we saw. Yeah, Hold on, I'm going to look because it says here she's not, and I thought she was too. Uh, right. Then what remember. was she? Oh, she was. She we... was. She was. Teen Witch. Okay. Nope. She was in Poltergeist Two: The Other Side. Yeah, but we what? did see her in Teen Witch, though. Wasn't she in Waxworks? Or am I thinking that's all wrong? <laughs> you're, you're, you're thinking, thinking of the little midget guy. Yeah, the little guy, the little lady. Sounds just like her, like the male right. version of her. Yeah. Well, yeah. the wax, well. And we yeah. also and we also talked about her in Sixteen Candles. You're right. I I remember. Oh. Like mm. Zelda Rubenstein is just so freaking memorable mm-hmm. yeah. and and hard to use. Right. Like how, you gotta you gotta kind of wedge her into a very select kind of movie. You know. Was it which she's one? A, she's a legend. Totally. What was the witch? Which one you said there, Ibbit? Wasn't she in Teen Witch? Yeah, the one she was the crystal ball and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, here's by the way, I snuck by a Legend of Zelda reference right there. Yeah, well done. Nice. I I saw it, felt it, and then watched (laughs) it as it left. Like Uh, a rat against my leg in Sacktober. It was. (laughs) Dunaway, this is what you were thinking of right here. Hold on. Oh, wait, you can't hear it. Uh, Let me play it here. Check it out. That's who you're thinking of is a little yeah. guy from from Waxworks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to, and hey. she's also she's also that great reminder that we all love that uh, you can you can do it and no matter what age you are you can you can go chase your dreams. She started acting at age 45. Wow! Oh wow! And, and oh my God! Yeah, yeah no, that's I love people stories like that when they start late. Yeah. It's like she uh, originally auditioned for one of the uh, one of the people in the graves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a, <laughs> thought, she know, is. You know what? We're gonna give her a speaking role. Take her out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're on drugs. She said as soon as she came out. <laughs> hire that woman. Yeah, hire that woman right away. All right. Yeah. Uh, Walk towards the light. Walk away from the light. Run away. No, 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 no. Run towards the light. Run away from the light. Now, do you think they would have had to? Uh, so, if this was today, okay, post MCU, a movie like this would have to pay Marvel Disney to use that Hulk on the horse, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Horse Hulk, right. Yeah. Well, think- all the money they don't owe to Disney for the Star Wars stuff. The oh, Marvel that's stuff. True. That's true. Yeah, D- I that's had right. That, uh, yeah. I had that Darth Vader carrying case for all my action. Everybody had that uh, right. We but let's, have it. But let's also it. face it. If it was made nowadays, this would be a Disney movie. It would be somewhere under that huge umbrella, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who owns the rights yeah. to it now, but like, I mean, it was made five years ago, and yeah, yeah, I don't, I know, guess I don't know who which, made that. Which studio was made? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because it's just remade. Yeah. So but him, is, you know, you got to understand too. This is like best friends, George. Me and George are best friends. Time for Steven Spielberg. So yeah, him putting Star Wars stuff all over this, all over ET, like that. That all makes sense. Really, just like an hour and a half advertisement for Star Wars. This kind of film. yeah, yeah. And the whole do you see that in modern films? Do they do they really try to make it? I think we've talked about this before, but they really try to make modern films like uh, kids' rooms have modern things. I mean, because this this move, this kids had like Rubik's cubes in there. They had mm-hmm. you know Star Wars. Everything that people were actually those kids were playing with that time. I don't think you're going to see a movie today with a bunch of Warhammer 40k figurines unless. Were Hammer 40k right. unless you're paying them a license fee. Yeah, yeah, that's all changed. Like the licensing of stuff has ch- kind of ruined things. You know, it's gonna always be stuff that kind of looks like the thing you think it is, but right. really isn't. When you look, like, it's a Schmorhammer. Yeah, uh, 40k figure. Now <laughs> having it in dialogue seems different. Like I noticed in the season of The Boys, which I just finished, 
There is a ton of popular culture references, internet references, things that are, you know, Google gets mentioned, Twitter gets mentioned, like that kind of stuff in dialogue. I think you see a lot of that. But when you see actual objects of interest, like a Rubik's Cube of its time, whatever that would be today, a Pokemon Mm -hmm. or something, I don't know. I think you're paying through the nose if you want to use any of that stuff. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I don't know how much Fresca. I don't know how much Fresca charged uh, the boys for all the references there. Fresca, dude. That (laughs) Billy Joel. By the time that ends, I don't want anything to do with Fresca anymore after that. Because it it goes. I must not have gotten there yet because I'm still wanting a Fresca. You don't want it. Trust me. I mean, you won't eventually. You'll get there. <laughs> anyway, speaking of this, studios, oh yeah. So, the, did we ever talk about eBuzz and the in this? We, we talk about the dog. Did we decide what eBuzz was? What exactly that meant? eBuzz. The the dog in Poltergeist. There's a dog named like eBuzz. eBuzz yeah, what is his name? Hold on. Uh, I can't find There's it. Something they weird. Called it's the we talked about in the second e- one. eBuzz. I can't find E-Buzz? it. eBuzz. Is it Ebuzz? I don't remember them saying yeah. that. Well, what was the dog's name? What was the name? It was something weird. E dot B U Z Z is the name of the dog in oh, this movie. That's right. really Ebuzz with a dot. Yeah, like yeah. like Edward Buzz, Buzz or something. Oh. Right, and he's and he's on a list of uh, favorite. Oh, movie gotcha. Dogs. Like E period, but like his like his first name is something, and they shorten it yeah. to E. Yeah. For some reason, I was like, I had my head stuck on like it was a URL. E dot Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Colon forward slash forward slash. How much they how much they pay to register that on GoDaddy? Gotcha. Yeah. E-buzz. Okay. I, I would like I would like to read this to you. This is a blog post from just last year. As any horror fan knows, the family dog is usually the first victim of any violence. Hmm. Uh, I'll you know help alert the humans that something is weird going on. Uh, Poltergeist Pooch E Buzz is actually the first member of the Freeling family that we meet. The film opens with the TV turning to static and the dog goes around, right? He eats the chips. Boy, it was fun to see old snack foods. Yeah. I, I, I really mm. enjoyed that in this movie. Mm. The camera. Weird bag of Cheetos, yeah. Mm-hmm. The camera follows the dog up the stairs. He goes to every room in the house. It's crazy, guys. This yeah. dog does so much acting to start yeah. this movie. <laughs> well, he's introducing all the characters. I yeah. like a dog. I like a movie dog. I'll just say it. The, um, the problem, I mean, the other, you know, the trope is that they're either the first one to die or they're the one that you have to go back in the house to get because Mm -hmm. the family's out, they're safe. We're, oh, we finally got away from this thing. Oh no, we left the dog in there. (laughs) And I finally got to the answer. The dog's odd name comes from a Saturday night live skit in which Dan Aykroyd portrayed a art critic named E. Buzz Miller. Oh, wow. There we go. Okay. Hmm. They went places with that then. And then uh, by the way, you you can get a, had just 1941. You can get a dot buzz username by or a URL if you want. Is that is that's an official TLD? Yep, you can get there now. So I went buzz. and found. Uh, I want to I want to do one like I don't know what would you do? Uh, uh, Woody dot buzz. <laughs> that's good. I mean, Lightyear dot buzz. No, I don't know what you'd do, yeah. but there's yeah. something there. I kind of like these new domains that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think it was really stupid because nobody wanted anything but .com, but you know what? We're running out of them. <laughs> they're getting low on yeah. the old .coms, or they're getting too long. So let's do, try something new. Uh, all right, I got a uh, trope here for Steven Spielberg. If he's listening, they did that thing like in Jaws where the camera's like sliding in, but it's going backwards. You know what I mean? Like that hallway got oh, long yeah. but big. Oh at the same yeah, time. yeah the Vertigo. Yeah, what's that Vertigo, called? Scott. It's got a name. Oh, it's vertigo shot. Isn't isn't it's the vertigo? Yeah, vertigo zoom. I think is what they call it. The name of it. All right, it's something like that. 
some listener will correct us, but there's some there's some name for that thing. I forget what it is. Uh, Golly also, Zoom? Also, if my Golly. mom was that clumsy around an empty pool, I, I don't know if I could see my mom anymore. I think I'd be dumb. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You see, it, you see it breaking on the side there. I think she's, she's, uh, well, I guess it's the second time that she falls in and slides down the, down the muddy slope. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> seem to be like, oh no, I'm going further. The oh first no, time, I'm doing it The first it time again. is forgivable. The second time is. Yeah. It just got a little out there after a while. All right. Uh, clips. I'm going to do clips now. Yeah. Clips. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's do these. clips. I like this movie a lot. Uh, my final note, by the way, my main notes was holds the hell up. And I, and I think it, I really do think it does. No, the only, the only note we didn't get to on mine is why is the Atari 2600 in the parents' bedroom? Yeah. What no. the frick? Um, well, yeah. whatever. That's my PlayStation. That's, that's, down that's here. hoarding and that's not being good to your kids. <laughs> Right, that kid needs the scared of the tree kid needs oh, the, some the fun. The kid didn't have a TV in their room, right? No, but there was a TV in the living room with these big, massive speakers on either side of it. Why not play your Yars Revenge down there as a family? Yeah, I love the speakers, <laughs> and I love that you chose Yars Revenge. <laughs> Truly, the only the only great game that ever came out. The of only Atari game that matters. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about flushing a bird in the toilet. That's a terrible idea. Wow. Anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, don't mm. put a bird in the toilet. Bury that thing. Also, yeah, goldfish it. go in the toilet. Birds go in the. Yeah. And here's in my pot, note in your marijuana box. <laughs> actually, I'd actually like a tripler for this. Okay, sorry, I'm laughing at marijuana box. Uh, there you go. This this may have been this may have been a blur with last week's movie because there was also a burial in the backyard. But if you're going to put something in a box and bury it, you don't put it right in like the, the flower room? bed. Oh. Or yeah, or the pool zone, or wherever. Like that's just where not buzz is like ready yeah. to go. That's <laughs> not how this works. And mm. pets, pets, little pets die all the time. You got to do something with them. I've, I've currently got a fish that has been uh, that has narcolepsy. I have a fish with narcolepsy. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have a fish with narcolepsy. He go, he, does he go upside down and goes to the top of the? Because you're out. I am just sleeping. I yeah. need to know more about this. I'll tell you fish. what I'm not going to do. Yeah. I'm not going to put it in like a flower pot. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Does this fish like go blip, turn upside down and then everyone thinks it died? Is that what happens? Really? Wow. Oh, we just had, just had the biggest lag of all time. Oh, weird. So oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, it switched to the U.S. and without me doing it. Something might be up with Discord today. Answer um, our question, Randy. Yeah, but hold on. Answer the question. But wait, this fish. What, what's up with your sleepy fish? So what is going fish, on? This fish of yours, it turns upside down and floats like a dead fish and then wakes up? It it, it uh, sleeps all the time. Yeah. And I mean, like a, like a, only a fish can sleep. It's perfectly still and it ends up getting attached to the intake of the filter <laughs> because it's like it's like that and it looks dead. Like that looks like a dead fish body, but then you go tap on the glass and it's like, Oh, I'm here. I'm here. And it swims around. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. I'm that doing is, my job. Yeah. I'm doing my job. Awesome. I'm swimming. Yeah, it's a, it's a big black goldfish named Winston. Somebody and, call Pixar. We got a movie idea. They could do. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so like for months and months, I've been expecting Winston to die any day now. Like it's just, this fish is not living 24 hours a day it's it's living intermittently yeah. and i'm just I, but i'm like what am i gonna do with it mm. and movies like this one are no help zero help yeah. no none uh, i'm not going to do what they say well how close is is will to the fish would he feel would he have all kinds of emotion if if the fish passed and that sort of thing or i 
my general plan is to make a little a little coffin for it mm. and go find a place to bury it nearby, which sucks because it doesn't matter where we put that in, in our neighborhood. Like our neighborhood is overrun with coyotes and strays and so on. So like that sucks, <laughs> right. but I just don't, I don't know what to do. What are you supposed to do? Just cook him and eat him. <laughs> cook him and eat him. Go full Steve-O and just hork him down. Just right, yeah. right yeah. in front yeah. of the kid. You're going to have like that uh, trip to fan where you're going to start. Right, just yeah, exactly. to swallow him and go, see, now he's part of me and you when we're all his circle of life and you can just sing a little <laughs> song and it's all good. Yeah, just hork it down right in front of Will. Check it out, yep. son. There <laughs> he goes. He's in a far better place. <laughs> Ooh, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, clips for real now. These are clips that I'm going to play from this film, Poltergeist. And it starts with this one, which is, I don't think that you'd say it this way. That's my commentary on the following clip. You know, once I slept walked four blocks. Slept walked? Is that sleep? Yeah, slept walked. That's that right. That was That's a great she story. She puts a T. Slept walked. Slept, slept walked. walked. That's not right. Slept a watchkin. There's no way that's right. Right? That's if, not... if it's in the past, I slept a walk. Did you say I sleepwalked? Yeah. I, I, I would say, walk. are you sleepwalking again? Did you sleepwalk? Did you? Yeah. I once walked in my sleep. easy, but yeah, I guess you'd have to do, you'd have to break it up. I slept. Mm. I, I just love that story so much. And I love that it really looked like Craig T. Nelson had never heard the story before. Yeah. And was reacting the <laughs> they first They were time. great. <laughs> They were great. You could tell me those two got married. Sweet couple. You guys, you could tell me those two got married and were one of the great Hollywood couples ever. And I believe you because they Mm -hmm. just seemed so genuine together. They were great. Yeah. Oh, you asked earlier, Randy, what other things I remember from this movie, what story besides the the maggots and the guy in the bathroom. The other one is Mary Beth Joe Williams Jr. uh, (laughs) Having her panties shown a lot. That's my other memory. <laughs> so, which, is, which is really funny because at the beginning of that scene where they do an amazing gravity house effect, yeah, I I freaking love that. That is one of the all, all-time greatest special that effects. That and Dancing on the Ceiling by Lionel Richie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're exactly the same. Yeah, um, the same but house. at the beginning of that, she's sitting on the bed. She's wearing a long shirt. And she goes to move higher on the bed. And she scoots on her back in a way that keeps the shirt covering. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. There's no one around. Mm-hmm. Any human being would just crawl up the bed. She did it for you the know? ratings board is what she did. It for. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that took me out of the movie because mm-hmm. we then immediately start seeing her panty, you know? Yep. I don't want the poltergeist to see my no-no. <laughs> well, and they've already boxed up most of their stuff in the moving truck. Why is she getting ready to... Obviously to- not. Do you see that? It's like, oh, we got it all out here in the yard and the moving truck go inside and it's like, did y'all pack anything? Yeah, no right, exactly. <laughs> These are the boxes we never unpacked that we left in the garage. Yeah, That was weird. Uh, it made me remember how much I hate moving. But anyway, I yeah. hate it. Hate it. All right, here's two things you never want in the same sentence. Bruises and hickeys. Bruises and hickeys. Yummy. Bruises and hickeys. Yeah, the, the context there is that her dad comes to the police station, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And is searching her body. Yeah. It's like a little, that's a little creepy. It is a little right weird. Right. Can I just thank you, by the way, for not making that a prom clip? Oh, yeah. I was oh, wondering. I thought, about I thought about it. Don't worry. It's coming around, though, because there was a definitely a Brian in yeah. this. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, there was a thing. You may not be the one you expect, but I got something. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, some duck time with Coach in bed. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, you two. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Sexy duck time. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, here's, okay. So this is, this is. 
I wrote Brian's. I'm not sure my description's right. I wrote I wrote Brian's penis when he was young. I don't know what this is. Nice. So I'm gonna play it and let's see okay. what it was. Looks at me. It knows I live here. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> it looks at me. I knows I live here. All right. Now I know what I was trying to do. All right, the famous line. They're here. There's that. Uh, there's a oh here's a fun one. You're a big barf bag. You're a big barf bag. You're a barf bag. Yeah, last See, week there was I some heard fun I insults. heard you're a big birthday. And I think that's really funny. You're a big reason. birthday? <laughs> you're a big birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Uh here's Caroline watching. Oh, she's watching a western and we get oh, a we get a Wilhelm. Wilhelm. I heard it. Spielberg can't have. A I'm movie wondering if without. he's watching or she's watching the movie that the Wilhelm scream originally came from. I would, I wanted to look in trivia and see if that was the case because that was a great. Right. It was a Western, great trivia. Right? Wasn't there Western? Yeah, yeah there was. was another film they were watching, also black and white. Uh, and the actor was discussing uh, whether he was dead or not, and he was told he was. Mm. Oh, I was yeah. trying to. I meant to go back and look and see what that movie was. They yeah, I don't know what that, that was. From. Okay, it says here the original stock sound. It was 1951 with a film called Distant Drums. And was it a Western? It's a guy hopping over a creek. Yeah, but it's a, it is a Western. So I think that may have been, I mean, that would have been the way to do it, right? Say, get, put your original right. in there. That would be cool. Yeah, if you wanted to do it, that'd be yeah. the way to do that'd it. Be, Unless but, it was the Charger Feather River, which is where it got named after Private Wilhelm. Like it was used in a couple movies, m- movies before it, uh, <laughs> movies before it got attacked. Movies, movies, <laughs> movies, <laughs> movies. All of a sudden, I'm Maria Menounos. <laughs> uh, I don't go to that. Uh, welcome to Waxworks. Yeah, welcome to Waxworks. <laughs> anyway, the charge of charge of Feather River <laughs> is a 1950 <laughs> western that has a character named Private Wilhelm who yeah. makes that sound when he gets shot in the thigh. But it's the it's the recorded. One from uh, and he really got shot in the thigh, right? Yeah, that's what happened. It's all real. It's all real. Everything you thought you was fake is real. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's Caroline saying, "Uh huh, uh huh." All right, that's just fun to hear. (laughs) Uh huh. Caroline, isn't it? Not Caroline. Uh, Caroline, you're right. Two words. I thought I said Caroline. Yeah, didn't I? I wrote Caroline. Did I I say Caroline? Caroline Caroline is what I thought you said. I have whatever movies doesn't matter movies. I have a. I have a cousin named Caroline, and I mix those up all the time with Caroline. Caroline, yeah, really? Caroline, yeah. She's uh, well, I won't get into this. Uh, <laughs> she's there in Denver, though. So it watch sounds. Out. Oh, as you say, it sounds southern, like Caroline. It does a little bit. She's she's uh, born here and then moved to Denver in her teens and lives there now and is kind of a psycho. Anyway, you mean her tines? Her tines. Sorry, her tines. <laughs> uh, don't ask her how to say Frankenstein. She'll really screw that one up. <laughs> All right, here's uh, how, oh, this is how you know when your grandma farted. Okay, so here's that. <laughs> I can smell her. Okay. <laughs> also, well, whatever. I'm, I'm, I, I can smell them. I can smell them. There's another one I thought of. All right, here's uh, just a weird sound. Wow. Okay, it's just him getting excited. What was that from? A kid was it's, shocked. It's the boy standing in front of the TV because I thought it was the weirdest delivery of that but it was right after the scene where where caroline caroline, caroline, caroline. damn it moves through her mom's body uh-huh. and uh and and the kid robbie's just sitting there in front of the tv going wow oh, like yeah. you're the worst delivery of the line wow ever. wow, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah 
All right, here's some ASMR 1982 style. Enjoy. There's been some ionization flux. I'd like to make sure they're not caused by humidity coming from structure leakage, but I'm not going up there to find out. I, look, I am all for people <laughs> who... going up there to find out. People that Damn like the ASMR whisper stuff, no problem with them or them liking it. I can't right. do it. It drives me crazy. Always sounds too li- like there's way too much liquid in their mouth. When yeah, like something's coming to Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's according. Uh, again, like I say, to each their own, but I can't do it. There's whole channels developed or devoted to this on YouTube and all over Twitch, and I, I can make it 10 seconds into one of these streams and I have to leave. I can't do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, we heard this earlier. Y'all mind hanging back? You're jamming my frequencies. You're jamming my frequencies. <laughs> yeah, if that wasn't a, if that wasn't a, a, you know, something that you could put in a rap song, I don't know what it is. I mean, no if you couldn't like just clip that and put it in there. Well, this is what it sounds like when you keep a Zelda uh, in your garage. Be angry mm. with her, you'll never see her again. Carolina, I want you to answer me. She sounds so muffled. Some yeah. of the sound work, not great. It's okay, but. That's because you ever try to get a boom mic on somebody four foot tall? I mean, it's going to come up from the... <laughs> it's going to show up on screen because <laughs> right. it's got to be so much lower than everybody else. So here's a, here's a quote my wife never said when my kids were all at home. She never said this once. This house is clean. Never happened. <laughs> never clean. Okay, this is my kind of angry acting. Really enjoyed this. I'm going to give it the best of 2020 at the very least, maybe of all films. Oh. This son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? This son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones. Why? Why? That's so good. <laughs> best. It's best. so good. Of all time. Yeah. <laughs> the best uh, part is the... I know. <laughs> the when you think it can't get any more rigorous at the end there, it yeah. just goes off the trail. Mm. I love it. All right. One more of those. Fly! All right. That's it for clips. <laughs> time for this. <laughs> time for the famous film sack checklist. Should have let Spielberg do all the sequels and stuff. Check. Uh-huh. The pool is gross. Check. Those neighbors suck. Check. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I don't get bothered by mosquitoes. <laughs> they don't bother me at all ever. Uh, soundtrack grade. I give it a P for perfect for this. I think it's just, just right for this movie. Uh, the right kind of score. No synth. Good orchestra stuff. Jerry Goldsmith doing his thing. Strong, strong deal. I liked it. Uh, and I actually think the kind of... I don't know the way it started and ended with this like Pollyannish kind of music, right? Like we played earlier, wherever it is, this. Like I actually think that benefits the movie by being there at the beginning. Rip it out. Now it's all scary. Bring it back in after the TV gets kicked to the curb. That's great. And also, if you ask the guy about the ring, the whoever made the ring, do you think he'd admit that his inspiration for like TV ghost came from this? Gotta be right. Probably, mm, maybe it must. It must be. Gotta right? be. Are you talking about Ringu? No, Ring. The Ring. That's what the I ring. said. That's where it Ringu. Came from. Oh, yeah, I came from Japan I, as Ringu first. Oh, I never saw right. the Japan one. Actually, what, I don't even think I've I, seen the other one in full, but I just know about it. What I want to know is, did Last Action Hero, when they have the very very well trained dogs that all jump into a pyramid on each other, <laughs> was that inspired by the rapidly stacked? <laughs> Chairs pyramid. <laughs> so <laughs> many ideas taken from this film. Weird. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's get to the uh, Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Let's begin with Randy. Poltergeist, a movie that demonstrates once and forever there are three tons of glitter in the average bedroom. Is it just like Ibbett's house? I can't even, I don't even know how that works. <laughs> Lots of just like Ibbett's house. That doesn't have to be a Saturday night even. A lot it's of any, glitter. Anytime. No, any day. Any yeah. day of the week. Once you get into glitter, you're in it for life. There's no getting yeah, away. you're never getting rid of it. Nope. Um, that's why. So you know why they do paint bombs? Like when a robber opens a bag of cash, mm-hmm. he stole and explodes the paint on him. I yeah. think they should explode with glitter. That's how. Oh I yeah, did you ever see that guy who made a uh, an Apple HomePod box? That was Mark Rober. Yeah, Mark Rober. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. is Mark. Rober. Yeah, and it's great. Like basically, and it's got webcams in it, so you can see this guy opening it up, and this thing explodes with glitter and farts in his uh, in his car oh, as he's stealing right, it. Right, and fart spray and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I didn't realize that was that same guy Randy was talking about. That's great. Well done, yeah. that guy. He should do more. Does he? He probably does. <laughs> yes. He is he one, of the, one of he the. He probably has a whole YouTube, YouTube channel. Yeah, for one of the most successful YouTubers of all time. Yeah, that makes sense. But it went all viral from this thing with the yeah. that right. Yeah, yeah, well, the glitter, the, the glitter fart. Yeah, F- Film Sacks Day is coming. I'm telling you, <laughs> one of these days we're going to go viral. All right, uh, that's it for that. Now, Brian, wait, who have we not done? Brian Dunaway, I guess. Oh, Poltergeist. We don't go into that room anymore. It has a clown. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's hey, the only reason. Good news, Ibit. Uh, that clown yeah. is on display at the uh, Planet Hollywood in Caesar's Palace yes. in Las Vegas. I don't know how I've never seen it. Well, it, is there still a Planet Hollywood at Caesar's Palace in oh, Vegas? Actually, that's a good point. Maybe not. I yeah, I it, uh, there hasn't been in the last because they had the Vegas. Planet Hollywood Casino across the street, and now that's back to being the Aladdin. Really? <laughs> or I mean, that was the Aladdin for a while, and now it's. Um, Oh no! It was Aladdin and then Planet Hollywood. No, it still is the Planet Hollywood, but it's not. It's <laughs> it looks like it. It looks. Like I it. like it when when Ibbett <laughs> argues with himself. <laughs> it's this been is too long since I've been to Vegas. Yeah. I want so, you to start. Oh, that. that yeah, the, that's the bottom line here. Is we all need to. It get really Vegas. is. Yeah. yeah. So the answer appears to be yes. It is. It, it is still in the shops, the forum shops, and uh, they're even open today. Uh, apparently. Wow. Right. So, yeah, maybe you just uh, cruise in there and you can see the doll. Yeah. All Wings right. and a look at the doll. Sounds like a typical trip to Vegas. All right. <laughs> Brian Ibbett, you're the last one. Poltergeist. Ancient tribal burial ground, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nice. It, it, they didn't say tribal. They no. did. That's a direct line from the, except for the hub that I added. Right. Did they add tribal? I thought they didn't do tribal They said all. ancient tribal burial ground. Oh, they did. So it okay. is. The movie? They yeah. just expanded I know, because that surprised me because they, they didn't mention Native Americans at all otherwise. It was just a cemetery. Hmm. But they but dove in on that on the sequel, <laughs> so I'm <laughs> confused. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Sounds like a movie that didn't know if it wanted to do that or not, and they just never yeah, really decided. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well done, everybody, but it's important we do this now. I was handed this list of... Oh, ow. <laughs> Drop something on my finger. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good. Whoa. You're, uh, hand, <laughs> handed that list slowly next time. Uh, yeah, I was handed this list at 300 meters per second. <laughs> Gave me a paper cut and put lemon juice on it. All right. Uh, says, oh, these are, these were almost the titles. This one was almost called There's an Anus in My Room, but they didn't they didn't go with that. Uh, or, well, there's a problem with your TV. Well, I'm sorry. Well, there's the problem with your TV, ma'am. <laughs> uh, moving on. Let's get this email out of the way from Gregory Kramer. <laughs> 
not that we need to get it out of the way. It's a great email. It's uh, filmsack at gmail.com is the email address. And I'm killing it here. Let's see. Gregory Kramer. I'm telling you, I kind of want to let everybody in the listening audience know that we recorded two on one day. And yeah, we we're did. at the very end of part two. <laughs> yeah, it's a long slow. We're it's all exhausted. Haul. We're not made for this. No, we're tired. Old men. But anyway, uh, he says, hey, Scott, Brian, Brian, and Brian. They spelled all your names with the B-R-Y-A-N for some reason. Uh, yeah, the worst spelling. Yeah, I don't know why. But anyway, I've been listening to you guys since why the old school. <laughs> the old school instance days. You're my go-to for nerdy movie guy stuff. Oh. And the only people I know uh, who can name actors and movies like I can. I'm always the dork oh. pointing out actors. Uh, not today, though. My names are terrible today. Anyway, mm. been listening more and more ever since I got my new job and actually pay attention to the podcast as I'm working. Any chance you guys can do Gamer. It's a perfectly oh. sackable movie yeah. with some big actors. Just listen to your Super Mario Brothers movie, by the way, including John Leguizamo, who's in that movie. I uh, would love to hear your opinions on one of my favorite good, bad action movies of all time. Either way, I love what you guys do, and you guys keep my long days. Let's see. You keep me sane on my long days, and I look forward to many more of your material. <laughs> do many more of your material. Yeah. <laughs> hope, you guys are, that's English. hope you guys are staying safe out there, and we'll listen as long as you're putting stuff out. Well, Greg, we will continue to do that. Um, is Gamers the the one with the... Yeah, first person we are. Yeah, it's like it's like the first person Gerard Butler. No, that's Hardcore Henry, Ooh, right? No, I think that's also one. I thought this yeah. one also this had Hardcore Henry is the whole movie is first person. Gamer only part of the movie is first person. Right, yeah, kind of like Doom was, where they had like like a little bit. Yeah, of, right. Yeah, a little bit to it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Here yeah, it is, nineteen. Yeah, see, yeah. Or sorry, two thousand and nine. Gerard Butler. Oh, same year as. Uh, that's crazy. That same year as 300. I would assume this was later. Um, but anyway, here's the description. In a future mind-controlling game, Death Row convicts are forced to battle in a Doom-type environment. Convict Cable, controlled by Simon, a skilled teenage gamer, must survive 30 seconds in order to be set free. That sounds like our kind of bullshit. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember this coming out, but I didn't I didn't see it. Michael C. Hall's in it? That's cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that guy. Terry, He's all right. Terry Crews is in there. That's cool. He can make his boobs move. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll do gamer. Why not? Sure. I don't know if it's streaming sure. anywhere, but uh seems seems reasonable to put that on our list. Up our alley. Yeah. Uh in fact, speaking of what's up our alley, we're making a hard turn from Halloween movies because this is the end of October. Happy Halloween. Happy everybody. Halloween. Our Happy next Halloween. film is Being John Malkovich, which I never saw. And I want to see it. So we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. Not just because I want to see it, but because this feels like <laughs> one of those movies that just, I don't know. It it's was always an important a, movie. Yeah. It feels like everyone always talked about it. I never saw it. Don't know mm-hmm. why. It's time. Let's let's do it. Uh, but that's a hard turn from from Halloween movies. Very <laughs> much so. Halloween movies. I can't get words out today. Hour four of Film Sack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. well on that note uh that will be the end of today's episode a reminder just a friendly one to go to filmsack.com if you're looking for our archive episodes all the way back to episode one 11 years ago you can go all the way back to crawl if you want to just go to filmsack.com it's all there most recent 200 episodes are on the current feed so you don't need to worry about those if you're not Worried about those. He said the same thing twice. All right. Uh, filmsack at gmail.com is that email address. Find us on Twitter at Filmsack and leave us reviews wherever you find your shows. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Andy. They're here. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Filmsack.
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Ah! Jeez. Mm.